0: Thanks for joining us on WTMJ Conversations. I'm Steve Scafiddi, joined by from our partners at tmj for Charles Benson. Great to be here. Thank Great you. to have you as well. And our special guest this half hour, running for Supreme Court from Milwaukee County, Judge Janet Protasewicz. Welcome.
1: Thank-, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here.
0: I was joking with somebody earlier that other than Giannis Antetokounmpo, your name might be the hardest name to pronounce. So give us the exact proper pronunciation.
1: Protasewitz, and we actually even have a little commercial. Protasewitz. Protasewitz.
0: Perfect. So let me let me start with this. I've asked you this question before, but I, I want to kind of flesh it out a little bit. Why is it so important that you ran for Supreme Court now?
1: Well, really, everything that we care about is on the line. And when we talk about a representative democracy, we talk about women's reproductive rights, those are certainly very, very critical issues that are likely to come into our Supreme Court chamber But it's more than that. It's the institution itself. It's the Supreme Court institution itself. We need to bring back change. We need to bring back common sense. We need to get away from extremism. We need to get away from extreme partisanship. And so for all of those reasons, not just the types of cases that are going to come before the court that are so critical, but actually the institution itself.
0: Let me ask you about the extreme comment, because you know this. Both sides say the other side is very extreme. Right. So beyond that, how do you reconcile that claim of extremism
1: so what I tell people in regard to myself you know I'm a lifelong Milwaukeean I've been a common sense judge handled all sorts of cases that are really tough you know homicide cases sexual assault cases drug dealing cases And there are all sorts of issues that span the entire state of Wisconsin that people feel the same about. You know, from the far left to the center to the far right. People care about community safety. People care about integrity. People care about their Supreme Court. They care about independence. There are so many things that people care about, you know, just across the board.
2: You have brought up reproductive rights, abortion, you've been very vocal on this issue, Emily's List has also endorsed you. And in fact, it's the first time they've ever really endorsed in a judicial race. Um, They usually endorse lawmakers. And uh, so isn't there an expectation from Emily's List that you, as a pro-choice candidate, will change the current laws that are in the state of Wisconsin?
1: Well, I can't speak to what anybody's expectation is, but I can tell you a few things. Number one, I can tell you that any case that comes before our Supreme Court that I will be reviewing is going to be based on the law and based on the Constitution. I can also tell you with 100% certainty that if Dan Kelly is elected to this seat on April 4th, that 1849 abortion ban is going to stand. I can tell you that with certainty. I can tell you with myself, I'm gonna take a look at it, an open-minded look at it, while applying the law and following the Constitution.
2: Can you tell us with certainty then, if you think that would happen with him, if you win, the court swings 4-3, that with certainty that law would not stand.
1: I can't tell you that. You know, I don't know how the issue is going to be framed. I don't know how it's going to be brought in front of the Supreme Court. I don't know what the arguments are going to be. What I can tell you is I have an open mind and I will be looking at all of the issues very carefully. I've also been very, very careful to make sure that everybody understands no issues are prejudged. I've talked to people about what my values are, but no issues are prejudged. And I look forward to, you know, really being able to evaluate these cases on their merits.
0: We talk about the 1849 law a lot, but there are other rulings that have impacted abortion in the state. 1978, pro- prohibited funding for abortions by, in the public sector. 1997, banned partial birth abortion. We also have the outlawing abortion after 20 weeks in 2015. So is it really just the 2015 law, or is there more to this?
1: Well, I think what's really on people's minds right now is that 1849 near total ban on abortion. And it's interesting. It's not just people saying that they feel like they should be able to make their own decisions or that their kids should be able to make their own decisions. People are telling me that they're talking to health care providers who are saying they don't plan to stay in the state of Wisconsin if that law stays on the books. People are telling me that they don't want to come and move to Wisconsin, and it's going to be a big hindrance for business if that law stays on the books. So it's a very multi-faceted issue.
2: When you talk about independence, so how will you approach that? Because you do, and you have spoken about your own values. How will people say that okay, she will put all of that aside? And in the same case, raise the same question about former Justice Kelly. But how do you do that? I mean, how do you really say you put up this, I don't know, wall or just put everything else aside and now it's independent judge or justice? Protestant.
1: Well, you do it every day. You know, I've had a lot of experience. You know, in both the district attorney's office and my tenure on the bench in Milwaukee County, doing just that. You know, putting aside my personal beliefs, my personal thoughts, and getting to the answer that's mandated by the law. So, I don't anticipate that it's a stretch in any way of the imagination.
2: Let me just one follow up on that because when you were endorsed by. Uh, Emily's List, I believe you sent out a tweet that said this is the first time in their history uh, they decided to support a state's judicial candidate, showing just how important taking back your, and you emphasize, your seat on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. What did you mean by that when you said your seat?
1: An open-minded, independent seat. You know, I took a look at the Wisconsin Right to Life's website, and I have no qualm whatsoever with people who are right to life as long as they think that other people are entitled to you know, their own personal opinions. But I took a look at that website and they endorsed Dan Kelly. And they basically say, in a nutshell, and all of your listeners should take the opportunity to look at that if they want to confirm it, they basically say that they're endorsing a candidate who has pledged to do their bidding. Pledged to do their bidding. I haven't pledged to do anyone's bidding.
0: Judge Janet Protasiewicz joining us on WTMJ Conversations? I always like to weave a listener question into the, our conversations here. I didn't think about this, but then I, I remembered that six of seven justices in Wisconsin are women. What does that say about Wisconsin voters?
1: <laughs> I think that Wisconsin voters really appreciate women with our, I think, not only the intellect, but the soft skills. Not saying that men don't have it, but, you know, I think that it really shows that the Wisconsin electorate is certainly, certainly very open-minded.
2: I did notice that, too, and it was kind of unique. I mean, (laughs) have you you sort of uh, looked at that as um, what it is that it says? It it really is the one area where women have shown uh, greater strength, either in in the state senate or the state assembly, uh, as to any reason why Voters or when you talk to other voters, why they see you as a, as a better choice?
1: Well, uh, people think I'm very approachable. They like talking to me about, you know, what's happening in the state of Wisconsin, what's happening with the issues. I'm always very, very happy to, you know, listen and have a very open ear. I've been traveling all over the state. Just this weekend, I was in the North Woods of Wisconsin. I was in Rhinelander and Superior and Ashland and Hudson and Rice Lake. And so we're going everywhere. And, you know, what I'm running into is pretty much universal across this entire state. People are welcoming us with open arms to their communities and are extraordinarily concerned about the path that Wisconsin will be on on April 4th.
2: Are you concerned about the outside money? That will influence this race?
1: Well, you know, that is what we have to operate in. Ever since the United States Supreme Court and, you know, the Citizens United case sanctioned and allowed outside money, you don't have a choice but to operate within that system. I will tell you that when I ran in a contested race for the circuit court in Milwaukee County, the only Brace that I'm aware of in the circuit court that outside money came in, it was really frustrating. <laughs> you know, we were working really hard. We were having our coffee fundraisers. My husband was, you know, contributing money from his camp, you know, from his retirement account. And we were being bludgeoned with outside money. I don't think that's happened before. So do I have concerns about outside money? Of course I do.
0: Our guest this half hour, Judge Janet Protasewicz, is part of w- WTMJ Conversations. After the break, another big question redistricting in Wisconsin and the role of the Supreme Court after this on WTMJ. We are joined in studio by the candidate, one of the candidates for Wisconsin Supreme Court, Janet Protasiewicz, Judge in Milwaukee County. I mentioned it before the break, Judge Janet, that redistricting is always on people's minds in Wisconsin. The, the, the other term they throw around is gerrymandering. Correct. You've talked about this on the campaign trail. Your view, you said you don't want to give opinions, but you're, you're your conversations you've had with voters and in these public forums suggest you have a thought on it, so explain that.
1: Well, I think almost everybody should have a thought on what's happening in Wisconsin with our maps. I think everybody knows we're a battleground state. You know, Just in our November of 2022 you know, election, we elected a Democratic governor. We elected a Democratic attorney general. We elected a Republican United States senator. We elected a Republican state treasurer. And so we have these races that are very, very close, very, very battleground state. And then you take a look at our maps, and I think anybody, anybody would scratch their head and say, how can the maps possibly be configured the way they are? How can that possibly be fair?
0: Well, there was a process, and the governor and the legislature play a role in that. The court at the time ruled that way, the way that they did. So if you're on the court, just looking at it in in a general sense, not specific, because I know you don't want to talk about the specifics of a case, what was your take on how that should have been decided, looking past tense?
1: Looking past tense, I would say that there was a very, very well-reasoned dissent in that case written by Justice Karofsky, and I would say that I agree with the dissent in that case.
2: What do you think about the decision around drop boxes? We really saw um, the court divided on this issue, I think it was a 4-3 decision, uh, where you have Justice Bradley, the conservative, saying good intentions never override the law. And then you have the other Justice Bradley, Ann Walsh, saying that another barrier for voters to exercise this sacred right.
1: Well, voting, voting is a sacred right, and to me it is the great equalizer. No matter who you are, your vote counts exactly the same. So we haven't seen any widespread fraud. I'm not aware of any fraud whatsoever in regard to the drop boxes. So my personal opinion, without a drop box case being in front of our Supreme Court, is... Why wouldn't we allow drop boxes unless we want to suppress votes?
2: But does it speak to the issue of there is no state law about it? It is, was sort of an administrative decision by the Wisconsin Election Commission. So when you look at should there be something in the laws to facilitate a change like this or where does administrative rule come into place?
1: Well, I think there are all sorts of arguments that you could make, all sorts of really good arguments you could make. And remember, it's a four to three decision. And, you know, there are three people on that Supreme Court who are really smart (laughs) and really well reasoned in the law. I think there are numerous arguments you could make across, you know, across the gamut, including equal protection arguments as to why that drop box, you know, by the drop box ability to vote in that manner should have been upheld. Again, Again, I want to reiterate, I am not making any promises or telling anybody how I would vote on any case. Every single decision will be rooted in the law. But basically, if you think about it, you know, personally, that Dropbox decision I think was an error.
0: In the Wisconsin Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, do judges follow the law or interpret the law? Because your opponent says he doesn't interpret, he follows. <laughs>
1: Well, that's an interesting comment because I'll tell you a little bit about this. You know, the circuit court, we follow the law to the letter. There's a case we don't like, there's a statute we don't like, we follow it. Then there's the court of appeals. Every single case that I touch can be appealed to the court of appeals, and the court of appeals has to take it. And they decide if I was right, they decide if I was wrong, they decide if I was partially right, they decide if it has to go back for an additional hearing. Then there's the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court only takes a small fraction of the cases that people ask the Supreme Court to take. They take cases based on really kind of cutting edge constitutional issues, cutting edge interpretation of the statutes, and what's really, really important to the voters of the state of Wisconsin, to the citizens, to the people of this state. And yes, that is a culmination of interpreting the law Interpreting the Constitution and developing the common law. It really is. It's a development of the common law.
2: Let me ask you about another decision that was reached 25 years ago in Jackson versus Benson. This is the case involving school choice and whether or not tax dollars could be used to send kids to choice schools, all right? So my question to you is did the Supreme Court get that right 25 years ago? And also, is that then sort of precedent? The rule has been set, therefore, untouchable around this issue of whether tax dollars should be used to send kids to religious schools.
1: So I would say this. You know, there are a lot of – that's a that's a question that um, is – you know, we could really give hours and hours of conversation to. So then, just want to give an off-the-cuff comment about it. But I would say that there's legislative issues that go into schools and school choice. You know, there's policy that we need to think about. You know, there's the Constitution that we need to think about. And really what I would say for me, I would have to look at all of that, but the bottom line is good schools are critically important to me, critically important, and everybody should have access to good schools.
2: No matter whether they're choice, charter, or public.
1: I would say that my opinion is people are entitled to good schools.
0: We are joined in studio by candidate for Wisconsin Supreme Court Judge Jana Protosiewicz and our partners at WTMJ4, Charles Benson. Um, Do you think these races are really nonpartisan?
1: They're nonpartisan in part, right? I mean, because there are so many issues that uniquely touch the voters of the state of Wisconsin. And like I said before, issues about public, poli- public safety and community safety and issues that touch absolutely everybody. But I think everybody here knows, you know, Dan Kelly, what did he do? He just finished working for the Republican Party. He just finished touring the state of Wisconsin with, you know, Mike Gableman on a quote-unquote, and I say quote-unquote not lightly, election integrity. Tour. I mean, I think we have the idea that, um, no, in this case, the race is not nonpartisan. Um,
2: but it will be tense, and a lot will be said uh, on both sides. And it's a question I've often asked in debate, so I'm going to ask it here, and we'll ask uh, former Justice Kelly the same thing. Uh, the both of you want this job. A lot of things will be said. But at the end of the day, do you find anything admirable about justice kelly
1: sure i think it's great that anybody puts themselves out there and as justice kelly i'm sure will tell you just as i have you know you take a lot of criticism from people when you decide to run for public office people really think they can say absolutely anything to you you know um dan kelly's been through it before he knows it's not easy he knows what a contested race is like and from what i can see you know he stands by his convictions so of course i have lots of uh, admirable things to say about him
0: Thank you for taking the time. Judge Janet Protasewicz, candidate for Wisconsin Supreme Court. Appreciate you coming in. Thank you very much. Coming up in the next half hour, the other side, the other candidates, former Justice, Wisconsin Supreme Court Dan Kelly joins us. You're listening to WTMJ Conversations.